welcome to the TV Kids Festival. I'm Jamie Stalkup, the Associate Editor of TV Kids, and I have the pleasure of speaking with Julie Kalsif, creator, writer, and director of First Day, and Kirsty Stark, producer of the series. Hi, Julie. Hi, Kirsty. Hi, Hi thanks for having us. Of course. So let's start at the very beginning. First Day originally began as a 20-minute standalone piece before evolving into a series. What inspired the original idea and what encouraged you to turn it into something bigger? Well, the ABC in Australia put out a call for the International Day of the Girl and they were looking for standalone 20-minute episodes um, that were focused on a female protagonist and geared towards a female audience. Um, I saw that call out and I didn't pay it much attention because I hadn't worked in children's TV before. Um, but at the same time, um, a close family member of mine, um, it was transitioning, six-year-old, and and I could see how happy and excited she was to be able to live as her true self. But I could also see how um, difficult it was for her, her mother to support her because she, she wanted to support her but didn't know what that looked like and they didn't have... They didn't know anyone else who was transgender or parents with transgender children. So um, it kind of made sense to put the two of those together and just thinking if there was a, a TV episode about a transgender girl, then then it would be great for them to be able to see that and to see that they're not alone and that there might be difficulties, but those difficulties can be overcome. I'm going to run for class captain. I bet they've never had a trans class captain before. What's that got to do with it? Hi, Millie. This could be a place where we can go and hang out with people just like us. Sorry, we're late. I just wanted to ask you something. Walk us through the journey of bringing the full series to the screen. Was there support straight away or did you encounter any resistance in trying to tell what is a boundary pushing story? I think we were really lucky. Um, Libby Doherty at the ABC was our commissioner and she saw the potential in the story right from the beginning and was really supportive. And she was on the same page of us in areas like casting, wanting to cast a trans girl in the lead role and just some of the thoughts we had about bringing the series to life. So that was really wonderful and then it evolved over time and we brought a lot of other people on board who aligned with the story and understood what we were trying to do. How and why was it decided that the series would be told from Hannah's point of view and how does that differ from some of the other series that have featured trans characters? We thought it was really important to centre um, Hannah in the narrative, that it's her story, she's in every scene, um, it is definitely from her point of view. We thought that was important because... There have been other series, I'm not sure if there have been children's series, but there have been other adult series with trans characters and sometimes it feels as though those characters are sidelined um, and that we see them through other people's eyes. So it was really important for us that, that Hannah was the centre of the narrative, that it's her story and not just her as a trans person but as a three-dimensional character. So we, we went to great lengths to make sure that she was... Um, you know, that she had interests and hobbies and that the audience could get a sense of her as a person and not just view her through the fact that she's transgender. And I love that Julie wrote the series set at the transition point between a primary school and a high school so that every kid in the series is going through a transition themselves and Hannah just fits in. She's got, you know, additional difficulties, but everyone has difficulties of some kind, you know, making those big life changes. 
And tell us more about the casting process for the show. You mentioned how important it was to cast a transgender actor to play Hannah, um, but tell us more about having such a diverse cast in general. I think uh, Hannah's character specifically, we were really worried about casting it, not that we didn't think that there would be a trans girl out there who was capable of it, but just because we knew that an actor to carry an entire series where they're in every scene and also being so young to put themselves out there publicly and you know, be out in public through the show would be a really a lot of pressure. So we wanted to make sure that they had the support around them as well. Um, so we put out a casting call, um, had an amazing group of girls apply and Julie spoke to each of them and their families individually about what it might involve being part of the series. Um, and we narrowed it down to four girls who then auditioned and finding Evie was amazing, her no video self-tape was really beautiful and she was crying over this little monologue that we'd written for her and we we're like that's our girl and we've known her now since she was 12 years old and she's been through the original 20-minute episode through to two series with us so it's been really wonderful watching her grow personally and professionally on screen and off. And then for the rest of the cast we wanted it to I mean, we wanted the schoolyard to reflect what a schoolyard looks like. We wanted it to show, um, you know, in Australia, Australia has a very diverse culture and we wanted to show that diversity. We wanted to show that, um, you know, that, that this is what a schoolyard looks like and th these are the kids that are at the school. And so we really tried to cast um, as diverse as possible and we were so lucky to find such wonderful actors. Uh, we'll, you know, that all of the, the kids we got, to play in both seasons one and two were fantastic. And then in season two, we we opened it up. We wanted to, so in season two, Hannah starts a pride group. And so we wanted to have, um, we had some gay and lesbian characters. We had some non-binary characters. And we obviously wanted to cast those authentically as well. So that casting process involved um, talking to the children, making sure that they understood what it meant to be on national television and now international television, um, playing a role like that and what that might mean. And the, the response from the, the children was so heartening because a lot, of, a lot of them just said, well, if people don't accept me for who I am or if people don't like this, then that's their problem, not mine. So the fact that they were so confident um, in themselves and were so self-assured really made me feel because I, I mean you know I've been out for a long time but um, back in the day when I was younger it certainly wasn't that attitude. And how is that diversity and authenticity carried through behind the scenes as well and what does that lend to the overall series production? I think for Julia and me it's really important to create opportunities for people whether it's representing the trans or LGBT community off screen or whether it's creating opportunities for women behind the scenes as well. So we had amazing female crew for the majority of both of our series, including female cinematographers. Um, and we also created opportunities for trans writers to come through the process with us initially in the writer's room. And then once we got to series two, Martine Delaney and Eloise Brooke both co-wrote an episode with Julie so they got their first TV writing credits as well um, and then we had other opportunities for trans and non-binary crew to be involved in the production process through internships and attachments or set visits as well. Yeah that, and we wanted to create an environment on set where Evie wasn't the only transgender person because then it felt as though 
if that's the case, it feels as though she carries the weight of the series. I mean, she's it's a big enough job for her as an actor to to be in every scene and to carry the narrative, but we didn't want her to feel as though she's the only transgender person on set and any questions about, um, about being trans or non-binary would be focused on her. And so we tried to create an environment where she was one of many and and we tried to make it as inclusive as possible. At our first, at our table read, we all wore pronoun badges so that we just set that kind of tone from the beginning. Um, that was Kirsty's idea. I think that was great. It really just set the tone and said to people, this is an inclusive environment um, and let's, let's be open and, and talk and be respectful of others. Yeah, I think it was important that although Evie played such a big part in acting the character of Hannah, Hannah is not her and we wanted to be really clear about that as well and so the character of Hannah is based on a huge amount of trans kids and their families and you know the research that Julie did over time and so we didn't necessarily want Evie to have to represent that character as someone who felt like her or herself so having that wider network of trans people involved in the series was really important as well so that everyone carried part of that load. Tell us about the support from Screen Australia, the South Australian Film Corporation, the ABC and ACTF. How have they championed the series and how has their support helped to make the show possible? I mean, I think any show is hard to get off the ground from a financing perspective and within each of those organisations, there were people who really championed the series and the story and understood what we were trying to do in bringing it to life. So we were really lucky to connect with them. We were really lucky to not just be able to create the show, but to create it in a way where, you know, we stood our ground and knew how we wanted to tell the story and there was support for that. So we were really lucky. And for season two, Hulu came on board, which gave the show even greater visibility. Tell us about why that deal with Hulu and their support was so significant. The second series really wouldn't have happened without Hulu. They came on board for series one as an acquisition partner. So once we'd completed filming and production, they came on board and put it on their platform. Um, And then we found this second series a lot more difficult to finance. There was a sense that, you know, we've told this story one transgender series is enough. Now we can move on because Hannah's out and proud and everything's going to be fine. And to Julie and I, that was just where the story started and we knew that it wasn't enough to just tell the coming out story. We want to show what it's like to live as a trans girl once you are out and that story continues because for nobody that's the end of the story. So um, the finance was a lot more difficult within Australia to put together. And so we approached Hulu knowing their enthusiasm for the first series and they were amazingly supportive in putting up part of the finance. And then we were able to, you know, complete production and put the series out to the world. So, yeah, I think having now completed the series and knowing what we've achieved with it, I'm really proud that we, you know, continued to tell that story. In terms of story, how did you go about writing the script so that Hannah being transgender is a central part of the story, but not the only facet of her and her life? I think a main part of it was just treating her as you would any other character. I mean, when when you're writing any character, you want the character to be three-dimensional and you don't focus on one aspect of who they are. And so just as a, a you know basic writing approach, it was about who who is this character? Um, who is she, what sort of family is she from, what sort of things is she interested in? And it was about trying to create that three-dimensional character. Um, 
And as I said, it was important to, to make sure that her being transgender was one aspect of who she is, but not the whole story. Not, not, it's, it's, she's more than that, as are all people. Um, and so it was just about creating her as a character as we would any other character in any narrative. And inevitably, unfortunately, there is always backlash for shows that are breaking barriers. How do you deal with that? And is anything done to protect the cast and crew? Yeah, absolutely. That was something that we were having conversations with from even pre-production. As I mentioned, choosing the right people from a casting perspective and making them really aware of what it would involve to be part of a series. Um, And then once the show went to air on ABC and Hulu, we had discussions about how it might affect audiences. Um, We consulted with advocates from LGBT organisations in Australia and in the US with GLAAD and just really had a plan in place for how we would deal with any potential backlash. But we were really beautifully surprised that there was not a lot of backlash to the series. We found that pretty much any backlash came at a point where episodes hadn't been released. And so it was, you know, based on the one-liner of what the show was about and the fact that it was a trans girl. And once people had the opportunity to see the series, all of the reviews and the feedback has been incredibly positive. So we've been really proud to make a show that resonates with people on an emotional level and goes past the political issues and just connects and says this is a human being and here's who she is and you can feel for her. Has the conversation around trans characters on TV evolved from when the first short came out? And in what ways can the kids programming community and the media industry at large go even further when it comes to on-screen representation and inclusion? I think the conversation has changed. We made that first standalone episode five years ago. And so I think a lot has changed in the last five years. I think there's a much greater awareness around, first of all, casting authentically. I would I would hate to think that someone would make a series about a transgender person now or with a transgender character and not cast authentically. Um, I'm sure maybe it could still happen, but I would hate to see that. I, I hope that we have progressed beyond that. Um, I also think there's much greater representation. Um, There's still such a long way to go and the reports from GLAAD on representation on screen of LGBT characters show that. Um, But I feel as though there's much more opportunity to have those conversations there because there are shows that do exist. It does kind of break that barrier because then you've got something to refer to. So um, have if you you know are casting a transgender person, you can talk about first day, or you can there there are bench benchmarks out there that people can now refer to. I think in terms of children's television, it's really important that we children's television is so um, it has such an impact on kids. It's it's how they view the world, and if they don't see themselves on screen, it really impacts how they feel about themselves. I, I felt that growing up. Um, and I think it's really important now that, that children see themselves on screen, they see that they're not just othered and they're not just ignored. Um, it really goes a long way to, to kind of um, creating their self-esteem, but it also helps allies to realise and to... Sh- we try to, with First Day, show what a good ally should be and how you should... a good kind of way to respond and to act towards um, other people. And so I think children's television has a great important role in not only diverse representation, but also representation in a way that creates an environment where people can start conversations and people can see kind of what, what best behaviour is and how they should be 
which how they should be acting. And some of the most beautiful feedback has been on that basis. It's people who've reached out and said this show enabled my kid to open up a conversation with their grandparents or our relatives or we showed it in their classroom at school and now their classmates have an understanding of what they're going through. So to see that response, not just from Australia, but from multiple territories around the world has just been so amazing and really heartening. And I know Evie's got a lot of um, feedback on her own social media accounts and a lot of messages from kids around the world as well. And what would you say to trans writers and creators who are out there waiting to develop their own projects? What advice do you have for them and for producers, buyers and commissioners about the importance and value of getting shows like this in front of a young audience? I think trans writers I've spoken to, they want to provide representation, but they also don't necessarily want to be pigeonholed as you have to tell trans stories. So I would say write the things you're passionate about and put out into the world what you want to and find the people who align with you and your values and you know, you can include representation in that process, but at the heart of it, it's like, what story do I want to tell? Why do I care about it? And why is it important that the world gets to see this story? I think too, um, if if trans and non-binary um, writers are telling those stories, I think it's important for them to, um, to stand behind the story because often when you're, when you're creating a narrative or you're working with um, commissioners or platforms or even some producers, there's pressure to um, to make the story into something that it's not. Um, and I think as a writer it's really important to know what your story is, to know who your characters are and to, even though it's extremely difficult sometimes, is to have the confidence or the courage to stand behind that. Um, you know your story better than anyone. And as a trans writer you would know those trans characters better than anyone. And so I think it's really important to to be able to, even though it's difficult to be able to say, this is this is my story, I know these characters, um, there's a lot of outside voices when you're creating a series and I think it, it can be difficult. I was extremely lucky to have um, Kirsty as a producer and Amanda Higgs, our script editor, to really support me during that, that development phase. Um, and I'm, I'm not a transgender writer and so telling that story meant really leaning on the community and working with different people and doing a lot of research. And I think just using um, the knowledge from them to really kind of go, this is the story, these are the characters, um, and we need to stand behind this and make sure that we're telling a story um, that is authentic and, and that matters. Well, as we've been discussing, representation on TV, especially for children, is so, so important. So thank you for doing your part and getting it on screen. And thank you so much to both of you for speaking with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much.